Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey guys, God bless you. I am so excited to have you hear the word of God again and for us to come to your homes through technology. But we can't wait to meet with you. And as you heard in the announcements, we are going to be opening up our RCC doors on May 31st, which is Pentecost Sunday. Can you say amen to that? It is amazing. Passover just passed, and now the day of Pentecost on the Jewish calendar happens to be on May 31st. And that's when, by looking at the trends of the government, by what the Lord's saying, we're going to be extra cautious, but we are going to be seeking to open up our doors. So spread the news. RCC is going to be opening our doors May 31st. We met with our elders and our board. We're excited. We're opening up things in phases, as you heard. Our prayer uh, meeting is going to be opening up uh, this coming Tuesday, May 5th. And so we're excited to, to have this news spread it to our RCC community because very soon we will see each other again. Amen. Let's get into the word this morning because I have something that's really burning in my heart. Let's pray together. Get your Bible. Get your family right there in your living room or wherever you're watching. Let's pray and let's dig into the word today. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you, Father, that today is the day of victory. Today is a day of breakthrough. I declare it for our RCC community and those beyond that are watching. I pray that you anoint your word today and you would speak to us radically about your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share something today that's really burning on my heart. So I want us to go right to it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13 through 44 and 46 in the New King James Version. There's, you're going to see some things here that's, that really stood out to me, and you're going to understand why I picked these scriptures like I did. And it says something really powerful in Matthew. Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 44 through 46, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has, listen, and he buys the field. Notice he didn't buy the, the treasure, he bought the field. And Jesus is saying, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now I want to take time and share this with you. The way that kingdom the kingdom of God operates is completely different than the way that our kingdom operates here on earth and how government how our government operates on earth. Why do I say that? Jesus twice said the kingdom of heaven of heaven is like. And then he goes into this radical analogy of a man that finds treasure on a field and instead of buying that treasure, he buys the whole field. And again he says these things over and over again in the gospels. Why do I say this? Because Whenever, listen to me real carefully, whenever things happen that we have no understanding about, our first question is why? When things happen that we have no understanding about, we say why? But during those times, we need something greater than our intellect. We need something greater than our life experiences, greater than our degrees as a cultural reality in our life. And what is that? It's rediscovering kingdom faith. Notice what I said. It's not just humanistic faith or even the American version of faith. It is kingdom faith. 
because the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom. In order to go up, we got to go down. In order to receive, we got to give. So the kingdom of God operates in a totally different set of rules and laws and principles than we operate here on earth. And I want to entitle this message, Rediscovering Kingdom Faith. I tell you, it's going to be so liberating. And when you see through the scriptures that it's not for the super spiritual, it's for everybody, you will see that your life will be so victorious. Why? Because you'll be so free from all these earthly things, then you'll also operate in faith. Now remember, Hebrews 11 says, faith comes by hearing of the word, right? That's Romans. But it also says the hallmark of faith, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I say that during these times, I believe we need to start rediscovering kingdom faith. And so I wrote some things down that I want to share with you in the next 20 minutes or so, because kingdom faith says God gets the glory no matter what. That's what kingdom faith says. No matter what is happening in our world today, no matter what's happening in our life today, kingdom faith says God gets the glory all the time, even no matter what's happening to me, no matter what's happening to you personally, kingdom faith always says to God be the glory. Now, in order to have kingdom faith, as I'm going to share with you, our faith needs to grow. And I'm going to share how our faith grows, because remember, the devil tempts our faith. The Lord tests our faith. There's a difference. The devil does not uh, operate in the kingdom of God rules. But the way that the Lord operates, he tests our faith. And there's a way that he tests our faith that I'm going to share with you in a couple of minutes to see how our faith grows and becomes strong. The kingdom of heaven is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. Come on, say amen. The kingdom of heaven, you don't vote to see what happens in the kingdom of heaven or not. God, a theocracy is a divine godly way of operating government. And so when when we say, well, we have a choice of this, God, even when I talked last week about your calling, God doesn't have a conference with you and decide if you like the calling that he gave you or not. That's, that's what a theocracy is. The theocracy is, I know what's best. God says, I know what's best for you. And listen, you don't have a vote in it. I know that sounds pretty, pretty mean, but because we are not seeing things through the filter of the Lord, if we were to put our humanistic input into something that is from heaven, then we'll mess everything up. That's why the prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not on heaven as it is on earth. It's on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to be able to share with you that uh, a lot of our humanistic ways uh, to see something is not kingdom faith. I wrote something down that I want you to, to write down. Humanistic faith waits to see something manifest in order to believe, but kingdom faith believes what it sees before it manifests into reality. Did you catch that? Our humanistic American faith waits for something to manifest that we've been praying for in order for us to believe it. But kingdom faith Kingdom faith, this is great, I feel the Lord. Kingdom faith says that I believe what I already see in my spirit before it even manifests. Before it even manifests, those who have kingdom faith see it first in their spirit. They see it uh, in their heart and they believe with every ounce in them that what they're seeing in their spirit, according to God's word, is gonna come to pass. 
This is why I'm coming to you because I believe during this pandemic, one of the things that we have lost is the ability to do a couple things, to use our faith in the authority that we have in Christ. I'm going to say that again. Use our faith with the authority of the believer. So many people don't know that they have the authority. And let me just pause and say something. The reason why something may not be happening for you or for us is because God is waiting for you to do, to do something that he's already declared in his word that you have the authority to do. So if we're asking God to bind something, he's like, I'm not going to bind something because my word says I give you the keys to, to, of the kingdom of heaven. Again, kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose will be loose uh, in heaven, in, on earth. So he loses it in heaven. He binds in heaven. But we, it first starts what we do and take of our authority. So I want us to see this first point. Before we start functioning in, in kingdom faith, there's some things that I want us to settle and resolve in our mind and in our spirit. Now, now hear me because I'm going to go quickly through five of them and then give you some scriptures. In order for us to operate freely without any disturbance or hindrance of in kingdom faith, okay? There's some things that we need to resolve in ourselves so that we won't try to listen to me, try to figure everything out before we operate in faith. Because the nature of faith doesn't make sense in the natural. So I'm going to I want to relieve you and bring freedom to you from any condemnation that you have, because a lot of things what we are calling faith right now is actually not faith It's actually our own wisdom. And we're calling it faith. But here is some things that I want you to jot down. There's about five things that I wrote down for us to settle in our hearts in order for us to get to that place where we're going to operate in kingdom faith. Number one is settle in your mind, settle in your heart. Number one that there are questions in life that we will never answer. Question, there are questions in our life that we will never have an answer for. So guess what? If you're trying to have faith uh, that moves mountains, but yet trying to answer all the questions, oh, come on, this is good stuff. If you're trying to answer all the questions, you will be hindered from kingdom faith. So settle in your mind right now. There are things in life that you will not have an answer for. And it's okay to not have, have, have the answer for. If you don't settle it this way, you're going to be depressed. You're going to start feeling down. You're going to start feeling uh, um, things of why is this happening? It's okay not to have the answers all the time. So that's one, okay? Settle in your mind. You don't have to have the answers for everything. Because once you settle that in your mind, no matter what happens, you have kingdom faith, right? Secondly, there are things in life that we could never explain. Settle that right now. Settle that in your heart. Settle that in your mind. There's things in life that we can never explain. When you and I want to find an explanation for everything, it will always most likely lead to disappointment. Isn't that true? If we if we have an explanation and we have to have an explanation, guess what takes the back seat? Kingdom faith. Because kingdom faith will believe for something that you can't explain why you're believing why you believe in that? You're asking God to give you a breakthrough to bless somebody and you barely have money in your in your bank account yourself because kingdom faith does not operate by our own logic system. And I so I say this to you because there are things in life that only God can explain. Come on, say amen. This is so beautiful. You don't have to explain everything. There's only there's things in life 
that only God can explain. And I wrote this down. This is going to be liberating to you. One of the most liberating things you and I could do to operate in kingdom faith and not knowing that we have to explain everything is that is the phrase, I don't know. All right. In other words, when someone comes to you with a problem or you come to the Lord with a problem I and mean, you don't have anything, you have no grid of why this is happening. And even some of your friends or family members, they come to you and say, give me an answer. The best thing sometimes you could do for them is say, I don't know, but I'm going to believe. Do you see the difference here? If you just say, if you can free yourself and say, I don't have all the answers. I can't explain everything, but I'll cry with you. I'll rejoice with you. Weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. And I'll pray with you. And I'm still going to believe in supernatural things for you and your family. Because if we allow our logic, if we allow our, an explanation to arrive, come on somebody, to arrive to our mind in order for us to believe we will never have kingdom faith. We'll have American faith. We'll have humanistic faith, but we will not have kingdom faith. Remember, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is light. My goal today is to get us back to kingdom faith. This is good. I remember uh, looking at my notes here. One of my favorite preachers that, that actually perished uh, a while ago, he was one of my mentors at, from a distance. His name was Miles Monroe. Now, Miles Monroe was, to me, one of the giants in the faith. Many of you know him. And he was a leadership guru in the body of Christ. But he said something one time when I was reading one of his books on faith. He said that uh, many years ago that he was struggling with something and he was not getting rest. How many of you are not getting rest because you're trying to figure out an answer to everything, right? And he said that he was, you know, pacing back and forth. He couldn't sleep. And all of a sudden he heard the voice of the Lord. And it was funny. He said, just like this, he heard the voice of the Lord say, two of us don't need to be awake at, at the same time. I never sleep or slumber on your behalf. So go to bed and go to sleep. Literally, that's what he said. He says, two of us don't need to be awake. And he said, he settled it in his mind that day. I never forget when reading that. He said, I will never again try to have an explanation for everything in order for me to have faith. Now, let me pause and say this, because this is not in my notes, but I feel this in my heart. Some people feel hypocritical by operating by faith because you feel like you have to have all the answers. Where in the world does it say that? You can still be kind of lost in your answers, trying to figure it out. You still may not know everything, why things are happening, but you still can operate in faith. When all hell's breaking loose, you could prophesy that your child and your spouse and your income is blessed. And it doesn't make any sense. Amen. So in order for us to continue in kingdom faith, settle these things in your in your heart. Again, number one, there's questions in life you won't be able to answer. There are things in life that you can't explain. And number three, look at this. I'm going to give you five quick ones. There are things in life we can never change. There are things in life we can never change. So guess what, guys? Sit back, relax. It may be bumpy for a little bit, but just know that that God may not have sent it, but he allowed it for a purpose. There's things in life that no matter, and this is going to sound really crazy, no matter what we do, it's ordained by the Lord for a purpose in our life. Look at Daniel. He was told he was going to be thrown in the lion's den for serving the Lord. I bet any minute he was like, okay, an angel's going to come in real soon, and I'm never going to touch the lion's den. Uh, no angel came. He was thrown into the lion's den, right? It was after he was thrown into the lion's den that the angel came and shut the mouth of the lions. The same with Daniel's friends. The same with Jesus. Listen, Jesus, could it be, could it be, listen, that we're praying for God to change something that God is allowing in our lives to either birth godly character or strong faith, which I'm going to send in a second. So there's things in life that we cannot change. Settle it. Don't let 
uh, 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 things that are not changing in your family stop you from operating by faith. I'm going to say that again. I feel that from the Lord. There's some of you that you're waiting for something to change in your family for you to declare with boldness that uh, something regarding a faith that the Lord says. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can still declare the, the goodness of the Lord while you're in the dumps. You can still declare the blessing of the Lord when all blessings seem to have left you. And it's not hypocritical. It's called faith. Your mind will say, that's crazy. Look at your current circumstances. But faith says, I see it for it manifests. Come on, say amen. Number four, this is good stuff. There are things in life we can't control. Settle it. In order to have faith without restriction, there's things you have to settle in your in your life. I can't control everything. And which leads me to the fifth one. The fifth point about settling in our mind so that faith can be free is there are things in life that we are not responsible for. Now, this is beautiful. Look at this. There are things in life that you are not responsible for. Say that with me. There are things in life that I am not responsible for. Why do I say that? Because there's a spirit of condemnation when you have done all you can to raise your child right. Come on, somebody. When you've, when you've paid all the tuition for them to go to college and they don't go to college and you've done all the things that you you know how to do to raise that child up in the ways of the Lord and they unfortunately go astray. Stop blaming yourself. There's things in life that you are not responsible for. If you've done everything you can, my friends, and you paid all that money for them to go to college and they choose not to go to college, guess what? It's not your fault. Stop blaming yourself. Take the ropes and the limitations off of the blame game that you've been allowing the enemy to blame you and know that there's things in life that you are not responsible for. You may be looking at your uh, family and saying, how can I be called a woman of faith or a man of faith because of my situation that I've gone through in my life and all the things that are unstable in my life? No, I'm here to tell you, you're not responsible for everything. Oh, that's glorious. There's things in life that you and I are not responsible. Things happen to us and we feel that brunt of it, but we're not responsible for all those things. So let faith arise even in the midst of some things that are not looking right in your family. Come on, say amen. And I want to just share this because there's some biblical principles of what I feel uh, I want to share with you in the next 10 or 15 minutes on what God is looking for. Some biblical trends, if you will, of kingdom faith. Today's topic is kingdom faith. I urge you to look at scripture so that you can have a kingdom mentality about faith, not an American Christian reality or whatever country you're from or Spanish reality of faith. No, let's get back to the kingdom because the kingdom is radical and it does not think like we think. Um, I believe one of the things that God desires for us is for our faith to become great and become strong. Now listen to me, great faith does not mean flawless faith. <laughs> I'm gonna say that again. Great faith or strong faith does not mean flawless faith or does it mean faith for the super spiritual. What it does mean is that you believe everything that Jesus said about himself and you, you believe everything that Jesus says in his word. So in other words, you believe what he says, who he says he is, and his word. That is where great faith comes. Now, I don't have time to, to, to read the story, but I want you to read it uh, on your own time in Luke chapter 7, verse 1 through 10. It's about a, a centurion man who is a Roman centurion, okay? That means he wasn't part of the Jewish customs, yet 
He was a man that, that had respect for the Lord and built the temple and, and all these things. He was a centurion, all right? And the Bible says that his servant was sick and he sent some of the elders to Jesus so that he could be able to pray for this Roman soldier's uh, servant that was about to die. Now, now listen to this. This is in the NLT. It'll blow you away. I've said this many times before, but when I saw this in the NLT, I couldn't believe it, the way he said it. As Jesus is coming. Now, I don't know about you, but if I know Jesus is coming, if I got word that Jesus is coming, I would say, let him come. Don't stop him. As a matter of fact, put him on a horse, put him on a car, have him get to my house fast. But you know what that man said? When he found out Jesus was on his way, he sent other servants again. This is crazy. He said, hey, tell Jesus I'm not even worthy for him to come into my house. He said, just, and NLT says it this way, have him say the words right where he's at. In other words, in the NLT, it says, he, you could be five miles away. Just have him say the word right where he's at and my servant will be healed. And then he said this. Now, remember, he's saying this to his assistants and his assistants are saying this to Jesus. When they said this to Jesus and they said, hey, this centurion also said that he has, uh, he has people underneath him. And he says to this one, go. And he goes and that one goes and he goes. He says, I am a man of authority, so I understand authority. So if you don't even have to come to my house, say it right there, and my servant will be healed. Guys, here, here's the key. When Jesus heard that, you can read it for yourself. He looked around, and he said, I have not seen such great faith. He called it great faith. Great faith in all of Israel. In other words, modern-day language, I have not seen, I have seen more great faith in this worldly man than in the church. That's basically saying, he's basically saying, I haven't seen it in the church. Why do I say that? Because I'm proving to you that kingdom faith does not mean perfection. He wasn't even, even fully with the Israel clique, yet he had faith that God's words were enough. Amen? And I want you to think about that in your situation at home, your situation during this quarantine. How are you using your faith to call things to see things and to see it manifest and not worrying about uh, your current financial situation. Don't worry about your financial situation to be able to declare faith because there's things that you can't, are not responsible for. And so I, I love Smith Wigglesworth. Some of you guys know, uh, one of my favorite uh, healing evangelists is Smith Wigglesworth. And he said something so powerful. Um, he said, great faith is the product of great fights. That is... To me, I, when I read that, I, want, I just want to see that again. I want to read that again. Great faith is a product of great fights. In order for our faith to grow, we, our faith is going to be tested. And our faith is going to be in a battle. Okay, We're going to have some great fights. But the, 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 the more that we fight in faith, okay, Paul the Apostle Zion fought the what? Good fight of faith. He said, I fought the good fight. So it's not the physical fight. It's the, it's the, you know what the fight is? The fight is when all hell's been breaking loose and you stand up and you're still serving God. That's the fight. The fight is like, I know I, everything in me wants to give up right now. Everything in me wants to turn and curse God out, but I'm still standing. That's the fight. The fight is, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. The fight is, no, I am not giving into that way. And each time you fight that thing, your faith grows. Now watch this. Your faith is only as strong 
as it as what it survives. Oh, come on. That is so good. Your faith is only as strong as what it survives. You're only as strong as what you lift. Come on, somebody. You know what that means? When you go to the gym, for those of you who go to the gym, right? Like me, you could probably see that, right? For those of you that go to the gym, you will know that if you're if you start off on the gym and you can barely lift 150 pounds or or whatever, let's just say 150 pounds, and you can't lift that, guess what? It just proves that there's a level of your strength. It doesn't mean you're bad or good. It just means this is your level, right? Now you have to start at 100 and you keep lifting, you keep lifting, and then you go to 120, and then all of a sudden 120 is easy. All of a sudden you go to 150 and you and you're struggling. But the more you fight, the more you press, the more you push. What's happening inside your body, your muscles are ripping and they're actually getting stronger to the point where the next time, if you're consistent, you do 150, it'll be easier. Why? Oh, this is so good because your faith is like that. Each time you go through a trial and you pass that test, your faith grows. So it's the spiritual dumbbells, if you, if you, if you wish to, to say it. Um, I love what I, what I wrote here. In order to get great faith, it needs to grow. And the way your faith grows is by it being tested. All right. Now, remember, you, you and I are in a situation where our faith is being tested. And a lot of times it's by God. The enemy is throwing temptation. But our faith, please hear me, is tested because the Lord desires our faith to grow. Can I hear an amen? Your faith is as strong as your test survives. You can put that point up there on the screen. Is your faith is as strong as the test it survives. I want you to see this with me real quick. The last 10 minutes that I have with you guys. All right. Uh, we sing songs to the Lord. All right. We sing praises at church and we testify at church about how good God is and how he has uh, set you free and he's provided. And then all of a sudden you don't have a job anymore. And then all of a sudden your, your finances are taking a big hit. And then all of a sudden you get laid off during this quarantine. Here's how the Lord tests your faith. He's almost saying something like this. Okay, I see them singing. I see them lifting up their hands. I want to see how, I want to check their faith to see how strong they really are. And I'm going to prove to you, for those of you who think that say, oh, God will never test our faith. He absolutely always tests our faith and it's proven in the scriptures. Not only in the parable where he wanted uh, fig, uh, fruits and he lifted up the leaves of the, of the fruit and it wasn't ready and he rebuked it. Well, you know what? If, if it, he was such a mean God and he was, it wasn't supposed to be bearing fruit, then he would have not rebuked it. But he's wanting it to bear fruit in season and out of season. But here's the other part, because I want to share this part, this last scripture before I go, is what is our motive for coming to the Lord? This has to do with faith. Is your motive for coming to the Lord because you had a pain in your life that, that you heard someone say, if you come to Jesus, he'll heal you. Did you have some sort of disease? Did you have some sort of demonic oppression or addiction? And someone said, look, if you just come to Jesus, he'll take care of that. If that's the only reason you came to follow Jesus, let me tell you, whether you know it or not, our faith will be tested. You're sorry, your motive for why you came to the Lord will be tested, right? Because if you came just for a blessing, come on, look, look at me. If you follow Jesus just for a blessing, if you follow Jesus just for him to take away the pain away from you and not surrender totally to his word, you're going to be gravely disappointed. Why? Because trials are going to come. And watch this. He will test your motive of why. Right now, I believe 
that the motive of our faith is being tested in areas of our life. Do we still believe God is good? I want you to see this. I want you to see John chapter 6. And I'm going to be closing in about five or seven minutes here. John chapter 6, verse 22 through 29 in the NLT. All right. Look at this. That this is this is key. What I'm about to say about God, Jesus comes and tests our faith. Sorry, the motive of our faith. It says the next day, the crowd that had strayed on uh, on the shore, that disciples had taken only boat, the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread. Listen, where the Lord had blessed the bread, the miracles, right? And the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there at the blessing spot, that was the, the previous blessing spot. You feel me for a second? They were going to see Jesus and Jesus was, they heard that Jesus was there at the similar spot that he had just fed the 5,000 and the thousands of people with fish and bread. Okay, so they're looking, watch this. And they're, I want you to see this. They found him on the other side of the lake, watch this, and asked Rabbi, when did you get here? Now look at Jesus' response. I tell you, Jesus is a gangster sometimes because Jesus, he didn't say, well, I've been here all along. You know what Jesus said? Was they said, hey, we've been looking for you. Where have you been? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. I, you, in other words, you don't want to be with me to follow me. You don't want to be with me, watch this, because you have faith to follow my word. You're just here because I blessed you a couple of days ago and I gave you free fish sandwiches. I gave you free fish sandwiches and you probably added some potato chips on it. And now you're seeing that there's a crisis in the world and you're seeing that I'm in a similar spot and you're coming for a blessing. This, this is crazy. Look at, but, but. But don't be so concerned with perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of this approval. Now watch this. They replied, we want to perform the works of God too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the, the only work that God wants from you. Believe in your heart and who he has sent. Believe. Faith. Believe. He said, and that word believe in the Greek, uh, that word uh, in the Greek is Pestio or pestis, which is the same word as faith. And literally, this is what it means. That word faith or believe. When he says, all you have to do for the work of the Lord is first believe in me. So it's not just believe what you just say. Oh, I, I think I believe in Jesus. Look at what it said. The, the Greek definition is to be confident, to be persuaded about something to be true. An absolute conviction of the truth of a particular thing that means i am absolutely persuaded that the thing that i am believing is going to actually come to pass that's what that word greek believe means and so I, i'm coming to a close here but you, you jesus said the greatest work that we can do is to believe what believe is is to follow him and truly be convinced that everything he says about himself is true now i want to end with this we're talking about kingdom faith here guys right now, could it be, if it's true that our faith is as big as what endures, could it be that if you, watch this, if you are facing a big crisis, personally, if you feel a little bit overwhelmed with your situation, could it be that in the past, God saw that you, that you had a faith to overcome that little thing? Because even in that same scripture, it says, if you're faithful with a little, then I'll be, then I'll entrust you with much. Could it be, just watch this, could it be 
that the reason God is allowing something that seems to be insurmountable is because A, he's seen your track record that you were faithful before and now he's trusting you with more. Because remember, the bigger the faith, the bigger the test, right? And secondly is because, watch this, I'm closing with this, is because he knows that whatever you're going through, he will never give you enough above what you could handle. And it's in scripture. I wanna end it with this scripture. The scripture in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says this, no temptation has overtaken you except as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you, allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear, but with the temptation will also make you a way of escape that you are able to bear it. The test is equal to the faith you have to endure it. I'm gonna say that again. Your test is equal to the faith that you already have, whether you know it or not, that God sees you have to endure it. Why do I say that, my friends? Is because the scripture in Corinthians says he will never put you and I in a place that, that we cannot handle. So guess what? If we are going through it, that means he sees in his wisdom that we have the ability through past faith and, and what's already in us to overcome this. I want to I want to just share this and I want to release this to you. I want to encourage you that whether it's your finances, whether it's your own personal life, settle in your mind that you don't have to answer everything. Settle in your mind that, that things may not change all the time. There's some things that you can't change. Settle in your mind that you're not responsible for everything. And when you do, operate in faith. That's right. That's right. Operate in faith right now when you're in the gutters. Maybe you're not in the gutters. Maybe you're flying high and everything is great. Well, guess what? It's really easy to have, have kingdom faith then. But the true test of our faith is when things are not looking right and we can still declare with un, un, unfathomable assurity that this is going to come to pass. I want to encourage you to use your faith as a muscle during this time. Use your faith to not only declare in prayer, but also couple it by your actions. Believe what you're saying by actually following it up with your actions. Kingdom faith is not like American faith. Kingdom faith is radical and it'll make you look sometimes like you're crazy. But guess what? If you actually believe it, there's gonna be freedom on the other side. Amen? I wanna take this time and just uh, want to pray for those of you who are struggling in your faith and at the same time I also want to pray with those of you who are watching now that maybe you've lost your way or you've lost your faith or maybe there's a time where you used to walk with the Lord and you're no longer walking with the Lord I want to ask you to close your eyes right now and I want you to to really listen I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer but right now if you're struggling with your faith Father I just pray Lord God that whatever has knocked us off course Lord Jesus, that you would cause us to be in confidence, Lord God, not afraid or ashamed, even when we're in the dirt, even when we can barely move in our emotions, we still have the ability without hypocrisy to say the Lord is good, that I am victorious, that I am the head and not the tail. Lord, let them know that no matter if they feel like they're in the bottom, they're still on the top. Your word says that we are persecuted on every side, but not crushed and we're in despair but not let down father i thank you i thank you for your promise i pray that you would release kingdom faith in our lives for whatever situation we have whether it's joblessness right now whether it's health lord god whether it's our own family reuniting by faith we say even while it's maybe may dark it is well all is well 
with my soul in Jesus' name. And lastly, if you could look at me real quick. I want to pray for those who may have been backslidden or may uh, not know the Lord right now. You're watching, you say, you know what? I don't even know the Lord. Or I used to know the Lord or I used to serve in church years ago, but I've lost my way and I feel totally lost. I feel totally away from the Lord and I want to, I don't know what to do. It's very simple. The Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. But then obviously when you call on the name of the Lord, the Lord wants you to follow him through his word. My advice is you get a word, the Bible, that you get get into a local church. But if you're here and there's going to be a little a little thing on the comments section there that you go to our website, you click that link of how, what happens when you get saved and we will walk you through this salvation process. But right now, I want to lastly um, end this by praying for those who don't know the Lord out there and you want to surrender your life to the Lord. Come on, pray with me. Say, Jesus, repeat this after me. Say, Jesus. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you, I acknowledge that you are Lord and I am not. Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I thank you that you will not condemn me. For your word says that you were sent into this world to save the world, not to condemn it. So I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. I come back to you and I surrender all to follow you wholeheartedly. Wash me with your blood and forgive me of my sins, and I will be saved in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friends, if you pray that prayer, the Bible says that you're a new creation, whether you feel it or not. And I want you to go ahead and go to our website and get some information so that we can follow up with you, but most importantly, so that you could walk in freedom with the Lord. We love you, and we want to say, say it's soon to be uh, over this quarantine and if you've enjoyed this message and if you consider rcc your home especially those of you who are watching now please make sure you give your tithe and offering that is how we're continuing to run during these times when the people of god are faithful to his word so in this short video that you'll see next you will see many ways to give through our app through text to give through our website or even mailing it in we hope you have a blessed day god bless Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.